Oh. I'm sorry, are you addressing me? Because your authority is not recognized in Fort Kickass. <laughs> To new music series, myself, Dr. Bones, the Doc of Rock, and the guitarist, everybody, wish they were Mike Five. What's happening, buddy? Good evening, brother. I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a lovely time. We've got a fantastic show tonight with some brilliant interviews, some brilliant tracks, and uh, I'm pumped, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Well, man, I am on vacation for a week, so I'm doing awesome. And to kick off a vacation, what better way than do a great interview? So, welcome to the show, Adam from Colt 48. Welcome to the show. Hi guys, how you doing? You good? Awesome, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah, can't complain. Can't complain at all. So, first off, man, the new EP Negatives, which is awesome. And I literally, as soon as it was available, man, I bought it literally right away. Listen to it at work. Thankfully, I had the time to do it. So, I was uh, very pleased and, and loved it. And I just like, this is a, a bit of a bit of a darker uh, album uh, EP than the first one. But, uh little bit a different kind of a little bit of a change uh uh in, in tempo and an arrangement but man it sounds so good so uh going from the first ep to this one what uh what was different for you and and, and scott for the recording um well i mean there's a few things i mean just about we started using uh baritone guitars so we're using much lower tunings than before we we kind of didn't want to we didn't want to stay in the same sort of drop C standard tunings that, that a lot of people in this kind of genre use. Just wanted to try something a little bit different. So we went a, a bit lower and kind of went towards something that a lot of the like the alternative metal and, and like extreme metal bands use those lower tunings, but not necessarily so much in the modern rock. So we thought we'd try that. Um, from a production point of view, we were lucky enough to get uh, Colin Richardson on board to, to sort of supervise a lot of this one. Um, you 
know him from things like his Slipknot's album, All Hope Is Gone. He did uh, Ascendancy nice. by Trivium, things like that. Um, so that was, you know, that was quite a big deal and made a bit, big difference to some of the sounds and some of the input of different things we had on there. Um, he also recommended a few things about like some of the studio kind of uh, techniques that we, we, didn't, we didn't really use on the first album, uh, EP even. Um, but yeah, like that, that was probably the, the main things, I guess, from a writing point of view. Yeah, it's, it's darker, it's heavier. Me and Matt both went through a very strange kind of year. Um, actually went through a lot of the same sort of things, you know, I had to, had to deal with loss in various different ways. And um, so it's quite, yeah, it all kind of came out in that, really. Right on. Well, you know, I just, I, I know it's a change. Like I said, I love the, the first EP and I guess I've been as supportive as possible uh, behind you guys just because I love the music. And I, I was so, I was so excited that I got the last package, even though I'm, I'm thousands and thousands of miles away and coming to the show. I was like, you know what? I want to support. So I'm going to get that package. So I got the tickets I couldn't use plus a shirt and EP, some cigarettes. So it was awesome anyways. And the point the, the cool thing is Adam is uh, 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 my uh, my better half here, Em. She's uh, a totally part of the show and helps out with a lot of stuff. And uh, she's kind of like a, my sounding board for part of stuff for the show besides Mike. And what we've been doing is we've been making uh, essentially like a photo album. So what she has set up now is uh, she uh, it's just this black book with a kind of like a, like a black selfie kind of cover. So I have the first letter, the stickers, and and the and the first EP. With the second letter, the stickers, the EP, like just the, the same paint, the same thing, but different, different uh, new EP, right? So I got those both set up. So very proud of that, and she did an awesome job setting it up. Awesome, man! No, I'm glad, glad you liked it. Honestly, it's cool. So, so and I, I got, a, I got a, some buddies in in Canada listening right now too, some uh, fans as well there too. So I just want to let you know about that, and uh, I'll uh, grab a picture later and send it to you. Good, but it was a uh, pretty badass. She did a good job setting it up. So, um. Uh, with uh, with uh, going going back to the new EP, uh, was there a specific idea in uh, the arrangement as, as for the songs, or was it just kind of kind of fell into place when you arranged it? We kind of had a um, we had an idea because we were kind of writing towards this sort of heavier style anyway. But we originally we, we were just going to go with like a three track EP, right. and we decided that there was a a previous sort of little collection we had in in the middle between this and the first one that we didn't really get the life out of it that we wanted and there were two tracks from that that we really felt fitted with the sound and the the lyrical themes and all that kind of stuff so we were like okay well let's do let's write this new stuff that we've got for us and then if these if these sit nicely with with them in a playlist or something we'll we'll get them re-recorded and remixed and um and colin do his magic and that kind of thing and um yeah, kind of. That's sort of how it became the five track EP and became negatives, as opposed to like installment three of Cold Forty Eight. But you know, it was it was quite a nice um, to to us. It, it became very much like this is a statement of what we are now and what we've always kind of where, wanted to go with or where we wanted to go with it. So it was. Um, I don't think it was a conscious decision, but it became a conscious decision halfway through the process. It was like, no, we need to do it this way now, and it makes more sense this way. So. Oh, fair enough, and I mean, you mean. Uh being a musician you're, you're constantly evolving in, in style and and layouts right so it's it's uh it's a kind of bound to happen at some point i'm just curious usually as to how it comes about or just if it just kind of just works out the way it does you know what i mean yeah oh yeah definitely definitely and sometimes there are definitely cases on that like uh the song lost the last one on the ep right um that, that was originally nothing like 
what it was uh, and even had uh, vocals over the bridge and a different chorus, all this kind of stuff. And we just, we just tweaked it so much from what it was to what it is now. Um, I, I don't think we could even probably remember to a degree how, because it was never like demoed as such in that format, but it was just like, we had it, we played it live and it was like, ah, oh, let's change this, change this, change. and it just tweaks and tweaks and tweaks. Um, the other two disconnected was pretty much one of those ones you write and then go, that's it. It's done. And it, and it never, even in the studio, Colin didn't have like a lot to add to it. Um, the other, our, our main producer who was with him, Chris, he, he didn't really, he was like, no, that sounds great as it is. There was like one thing he kind of added on top of it, right. which is the vocal track in the bridge. Um, the yeah. kind of like the shouting vocals, that sort of bit. But apart from that, there was, it was as it was written and as it went into the studio, it came out that way. So. So yeah, sometimes it's it's like spot on, and sometimes you get that kind of like you say that evolving thing as it goes on. Yeah, right on. Well, man, just before I, I pass the, the the mic to Mike for lack of better words, uh, the two things I want to mention is uh, the first thing is it's involving Mike because uh, we we talk obviously during the show off air and on air. So he messaged sure. me. He messaged me and says, "Dude, goes, did you know? Did you know that Cooperate's only two guys?" Like, yeah. He goes, "Holy Christ, man, they're fucking amazing. That's that's awesome." <laughs> And that, that was my question: Was how the hell did two people make so much noise? Because to me, I just assumed you were a full band when I first heard it. It really blew my mind. It was like, generally the case. We well, when we started, we was a two piece, and we originally we were in another band called Forty Eight Hours, which was a three piece with a bassist and backing vocals. And um, he he left. We're still friends with him and stuff like that. It was nothing bad. He just decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And we were like, rather than replace him because he was, you know, we were like the best man at his wedding and he's like a friend for life sort of thing. Um, rather than actually get a replacement, we were just like, is there a way we can do this without having a basis? I don't really, it doesn't feel like the band if he's not in it. So if he's not in it, let's keep it that way. Let's just have the two of us. And um, so we, we ended up finding a pedal. That, <laughs> <laughs> that basically did his job. But the, the truth is that the bass always followed it followed what I would play. So it wasn't like, you know, some bands have completely separate bass lines playing different to the guitar parts. Or, right. You know, um, we, we pretty much aped each other. If he had a bass riff that became the guitar, if I would play it and it would be the same thing, vice versa. So, um, so it wasn't actually that hard to, to simulate it for studio purposes and for live purposes, it was then, okay, well, how do you get the low end? And that's another reason the baritone guitars came out because they used thicker strings. Um, we threw a, we have like an octave pedal, a few other things, a couple of other little techniques to thicken it. And live, you know, I, I truthfully, uh, since we got the baritones and started using the current setup we have, which is pretty much since, I'd say, for, we've been running this setup for about two years live. Um, I, nobody's ever really come up and been like, man, that sounds thin, you know, or something like that. Right. It's, it's always been like, wow, that's that's super loud. You know, how do you guys get that volume? And, you know, I'm always happy to show people. It's not a problem, but, like, it's just... Um, yeah, we, we worked at it for the first year of being a band trying to like, can we actually get this right? Can we make it work? So it's not just, you know, because there are lots of two piece bands that do it, but not necessarily in our genre. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if it's not the same genre, like I'd say if a lot of it's kind of either more extreme. So the production's kind of not as, I don't know, like dry is probably the, the better word. It's probably a drier sound. And it's the same yeah. with if you go to the indie rock bands and the punk rock, it's a drier sound. It's not so heavy on bass. So yeah. for us, it was like, how do you sound like breaking Benjamin with two people? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let's work. <laughs> and then, and then we, we just, we did. 
<laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, um, oh, I'm gonna, it's gonna go blank, but I'll, I'll look them up in the middle and play a song. But we put a, we put a band on, oh, it must be two years ago now, uh, near enough. There were a two piece, and they were like really bluesy rock and roll, and like they did a bit with an octave pedal, and they did a bit with loads of chorus and a bit of depth, and it just it worked. I mean, the drummer was absolutely amazing, and so was the guitarist. To be fair. Um, and it just worked really, really well. But yeah, I just couldn't believe because they were nowhere near as heavy as you. I've never heard anyone as heavy as you. Yeah, I, think... I was just like, that's insane. Actually. I just, I literally had no idea until I stumbled across it on your Facebook page or something like that. I was like, is that right? Or it just, yeah, it totally blew me really. <laughs> even, even our producers at the time were like, you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a basis, damn it. Get a basis. And I was like, dude, dude, see it live. And to be fair, they have this. And it was like, okay, yeah, okay, we, we, we hold our hands up sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was, it was cool. Like, honestly, that, you know, uh, we, we were just happy to do it. Like, for us, it was like, we've, we've been, you know, all, all three of the band members at the time were lifelong friends. Me and Matt, we've, we've known each other for ages. Gary, from the previous band, we've known him forever. So, it was kind of like adding someone new to the mix was probably never going to be something that would, you just they just didn't have you know the best part of ten years of knowing each other and hanging out together and being in bands together and stuff. So it's yeah. it was going to always be a very hard thing to do. So it just seemed like the natural thing to try and uh, to replicate it without having to go down that route um, or just getting a session musician. And we just never felt like that was going to be an option. So it was it was just easier to do it this way. And and yeah, thankfully it worked. You know. Um, I'm definitely if you if you'd seen the first couple of shows we did as a two piece, I'm certain you'd you'd think, well, that doesn't really work quite how it should do, and you know. But we were tweaking it at that point. We were trying to go, okay, that wasn't so good. What's it like on the next one and all that? And you know, thankfully, about five shows in, we we settled on a sound and you know spent a lot of money, and it was like, hey, it works, good. So, but I think every band's like that. I mean, if you checked out my first couple of shows in my current band or any band I've ever been in, uh, I guarantee you'd be like, I'm not sure I know what they're doing. <laughs> like, only when you play a few gigs, you get more confident. You kind of know, don't you say? You sound, you sort of tweak it a bit more. And, and yeah, but I mean, we're still evolving the live aspects now. There's other things we want to add into it. I mean, our, our drummer, as I mean, we, we were always just, it was just me doing vocals. Um, and then when when we did this EP, there were there are bits that physically I'm holding a note and someone else is singing. It's like someone else has to sing now. So and and Matt had never sung before, so he's like, oh shit. <laughs> 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 like, okay, you need to sing now, and he's like, yeah, okay, I'll give. It. So yeah, it's like I say, we're we're adding bits all the time to it to to enhance it as much as we can. So it's yeah, it's it's fun though. That's kind of part of the fun. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Are we going to play a track, Bainsey? Yep. So uh, first off, we're going to play uh, the first single off the brand new EP, Negatives. This is Colt 48 with Disconnected. Dig this.
Right on. That was Colt 48 with Disconnected. Now, Adam, that is a badass, heavy, heavy effing tune. But Thank you. did my ears deceive me? Did, did I hear some double kick in there somewhere? There is a little bit, yeah. Awesome. And in the bridge. That's what I thought. It's like, also awesome. I hit the door because like, I effing love that. Because, like, big fan of Slipknot. I love when Sean Crahan just, just does his magic. He's just. Yeah, so that was awesome. But great tune, man. I love the drumming. Like the, the whole composition of the song was just heavy and it's just rocked right to the point. And I mean, literally, literally like you had that thing turned up, it like really rocks you the core because it's just so heavy and just so, um, like, got that deeper, deeper tone to it. And man, boom, like it was awesome. Love that tune. Yeah, we felt very settled in in that tuning. Like I said, the, the, the drop A tuning stuff, that was just. As soon as we started writing in that, like we've, we obviously we originally wrote things like the fire and drop air as well. And, but as soon as we'd settled on that, it was like, oh, we're not writing in a key for a while. <laughs> like we just stay in A. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's got a weight to it, you know, like a real weight and a heaviness to it. And it's just, yeah, it's nice. Mike? I think there's something about the tonality of that as well. Like tuning so important. Um, yeah. It's really. I'm, I'm so glad you said about the baritone guitars because I suddenly like make one of my things is how you get that kind of sound. Mm-hmm. It just it makes so much sense. But like from a guitarist point of view, I'm like, ah, oh, that's how they do that. Um, but yeah, it's just I, 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 you're right. Once you get into a thing and you go, oh, yeah, that's it. I love it. I tell you what, though, as well, what I love because um, this is to me is very similar uh, in 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 one way and one way only, really. Apart, well, two ways. One, it's you and you're the same band. But um, two, it's very similar to hey, hey. I can't speak hate hate relationship in that they've both got a really catchy chorus and I do really love really blow your head off fucking in your face heavy music that has a really catchy chorus I'm just like that's cool because you can actually like that's one of those things that acts as that little bridge to people that maybe yeah. like that's so you know as heavy and brings yeah. them in, draws them in over to the dark side I love that man that's cool intentional <laughs> or you know what's, what's the thing with that oh no I, I've I definitely agree with you because we've, I mean, me and Matt all kind of, or both rather, grew up listening to lots and lots of different heavy music, but uh, we also liked a lot of pop. We also liked a lot of kind of slightly more alternative music. And, you know, the feature that pretty much all of it had was a really strong sense of melody. So for me, writing, you know, if if you could write a song as heavy as something that Slayer did, but put a Bon Jovi chorus in it, that would be a, you know, that's kind of like the, the closest analogy to it, you know, because you sort of think, well, actually, these guys, you know, all of those songs are all iconic in their own right. You know, you got your Rain in Blood, Names of Death, and then, yeah. you know, you compare you know, Live on a Player, and they're all like massive choruses and, you know, um, and big hooks and big riffs. And I just thought that's that's a formula that's got to just be just abused, really. You know, it's <laughs> just got to be used. Over again. Um, so we do, you know, it's just something that we, we've always thought is a big part of it. You know, heavy music's great, but like just, as long as it's got a melody somewhere that's kind of, you know, equally, you know, laden with hooks and, and big sounding, you know, big is probably the, the main bit for us. Yeah, and I think you've, well, you've nailed big. <laughs> 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 that's, that's a big sound. Yeah, and I think you're right, melody is so important. The melody is one, you know, because I'm, I'm similar to that. I listen to all kinds of music from, you know, some really heavy kind of, you know, quite extreme things in some cases and, and some like, you know, really I go to a folk festival every year and I absolutely adore that sort of music and the storytelling and stuff. And it's just a whole range of stuff that sits in the middle. But the thing that ties it all together is always gonna be melody. That's the thing that makes the great music great and poor music not so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the fact that, you know, is whether or not there's a good melody in it. It's as simple as that. 
Um, but yeah, I love that. I think because you get across the emotion and the, you know, it's you know because it's shouty and it's in your face and it's like oh, you will listen to me or else. But it's also kind of catchy and cool. And you're like, yeah, I can sing along with that. <laughs> <laughs> love that. We always try that way to do it. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, I think my favourite band to do that stuff is the Misfits. They just because they they write some obscene lyrics, <laughs> and it's like, hey, yeah, poppy melody, catchy pop punk chorus, and it's like, they thing. Oh, okay, you know, it's, they're just great at it. They they just write these kind of yeah, these these well, they are they're like horror story type songs, aren't they? But yes. they just they they put it in a kind of Blink One Eighty Two package, and it's just <laughs> kind of yeah. It works very well, though. So <laughs> yeah. that is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So just I a agree. quick sidetrack yeah. here, and this is this is a connection to Bon Jovi, and not because I'm listening to him, because uh, I was thinking about it. Because the other day, I watched the first Young Guns movie, and the second Young Guns movie, Bon Jovi wrote the, yeah. wrote, wrote the title track to the, to the soundtrack, and yeah, it, it was, yeah, that's cool. it's a catchy. It's it's not too bad of a tune, right? So I just. I just started to make the connection right there, and uh, you know they're they're two of my favorite movies, and uh, I was just joking with them because uh, she hasn't seen them in a while, but it's one of those movies you have memorized, right? And yep. you can't go wrong with Emilio Estevez in that kind of that that cheeky kind of snide, sarcastic laugh. You know, hello Bob, goodbye Bob. He blows him away. <laughs> yeah. So just on a slightly related but also completely unrelated sidetrack, I found out recently that my drummer. Mm-hmm. Can can recite all three of the Back to the Future movies, word, not only word for word, but if you like um, mute it or change the channel or turn you know, turn the TV off but keep it playing, he can come back in on time. Oh my god! <laughs> I guess because he's a drummer, but he knows every single line in all three of those films and can say them at the point in the movie at which they're said without being so- prompted. I think that's quite sad, but he's really impressed by it. <laughs> There's a talent to it, to be fair. There's a, I mean, mate, it's a talent, yeah, but why? Yeah. Uh, well, well, maybe he just had very little to do at the time, and now he's, he's you know, reaping the rewards. Think of it this way, just one of those things that sticks, like with, with myself, Mike, you know, I get the most yeah. random useless information about so many different big bands, and... And how do I remember it? Just because it sticks, you know? It's the same thing yeah. when, you know, I can quote like a family guy or a movie or, or the Sims sort of thing, just because like, yes, I've seen it thousands of times, but I haven't watched them specifically to memorize it, just sticks sort of thing, so. Well, yeah, yeah I know, it's the fact that you can remember so much and it's <laughs> such good time. It's yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, if you just like, we're in a band practice the other day, someone just like said a lot, I can't remember, I cannot think of one line from that film now, but but you know, apart from like great Scott, but it, someone said like one line, whatever it was, and he instantly is just like reeled off the next one. As if it's nothing, as if that's not impressive. That is, that is impressive. That's cool. Anyway, that, that's a total sidetrack, but um, it's just vaguely related. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Adam. <laughs> this thing's ha- this thing happens on a weekly basis. We sidetrack and some, but we all tie it back in music somehow. That's all right. Good. I'm not sure how we're getting that one back into music. Apart yeah. from uh, apart from obviously <laughs> that ramp is cool in that film. Yeah. And I'm we're back. <laughs> your ramp must be about that size. There you go. I've linked it back. Uh, I'm guessing <laughs> your ramp must be about the size of the one in Back to the Future. Um, if only. It's, it's, no, I um, the amp I use is actually about the size of my phone. No. Really. Yeah. 
Yeah, I use a Sansan DI, and it's um. So we just we just go like they, they they tell you set up at gigs, and it's like obviously like we're we're on tour at the moment, so we're we we have to give all our our details in advance, and they just look at me like I'm insane. It's like, <laughs> can you plug that the PA please? Like, yeah. Okay, and then it's like, oh, it makes a lot of noise. Yeah, it does. It's like a, a, an equalizer in a preamp, and then it just goes into the via a normal DI into the PA, and it's just relying on the strength of the PA to make it good, which is cool because it means you can't play shows that couldn't accommodate you. Right. So it's, yeah. it's kind of cheeky. Like we're sort of being elitist, but in a good way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it works quite easily. So. Yeah, do you rely been... quite heavily on pedals then? Do you have a lot of pedals? You I have. You? I have four that I couldn't do our set without. Yeah. So it's kind of like I have an octave pedal. I have a, uh, a Horizon Devices Precision Drive, the Misha Mansour nice. uh, distortion pedal with the noise gate built in. That's I, that's the best thing I've ever bought in terms of equipment. It's insanely good. You know, any any guitar people listening right now who like, yeah. even if you don't use it for metal, just for like a good noise gate and a, a little bit of crunch, you know, yeah. it's perfect. And it's but got a place to go to make that pedal set. I tried one of those out. Oh, I don't know, yeah. at least go. But yeah, it's the fact that it's got both, so you can really push it. Is really nice. It, yeah, it has a silly amount of tone on it. It's ridiculous, yeah. and and it even has a. I mean, I'm so sad that they didn't considering. You know they're like godfathers of gent, really, aren't they? But like they, um, they, they have a button on there that you basically, uh, you press it and it just creates more, more of a gent tone, for lack of a better word. And uh, they've they've just called it the attack button. But really, yeah. I was just thinking like this should just be labeled gent, and then you just <laughs> like more gent, more gent. Yeah, let's that's there. But it does. It's really good, but that's exactly what you're using it for. You know, anyone. Anyone who's using it for any other reason is lying. To <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of pedals, uh, and Mike, I'm sure this is the duo I think you're talking about was the Actions. Oh yeah. Right, yeah. and uh, talking about pedals where their guitarist Mo used the Big Muff distortion pedal. Yep. Oh yeah. So, because remember, we were both talking about that more or less. You and Mo were talking more about it. I mean, I know about the pedal, but you guys have more experience with it. So, you guys talked about it. So, there's our connection to uh, the pedals and how different bands use different pedals. And Mo uses that quite a bit, as far as I know. Yeah, that's right. And he he got some real, I mean, it was obviously fuzzy, but I was really surprised by just what he got out of that. Um, yeah. and it's, you know, some of these conversations after people listening and going, I don't care, I don't play the guitar, but I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I geek out for half an hour, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely like, yeah, you're right. He he was one of those again where you're just like, how did you do that? It's like, oh, it's a big muff pedal, just did this, it's missed. What? But apparently that's a thing and it's possible. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I, my thing with pedals, my, my last thing on pedals is whenever I get a new pedal, I just basically try and turn all the knobs so that I get the weirdest and most horrible <laughs> noise out of them, and then I work backwards from there. I'm like if I can, if I know that's the extreme, then I can kind of go back uh, and, and work out a cool sound. I quite like that. So the more knobs, the better. I think. Phrasing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. Eh? <laughs> Yeah. You, 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 um, you couldn't have gone through that whole anyway. conversation without saying phrasing at least once because like, like I put on our whiteboard before you know some some poor phrasing but it happens 
That's okay. Well, it's oh, no, it's, it's more of a fun thing than anything, Adam. Man. This is just for fun. Right? So. It's all part of the experience. Um, what's happening next, Bainsy? Because I've taken us right off, uh, right off down the track okay. here. Well, um, we are going to get to another song. And then uh, after that, I have a few more questions for Adam as well. And uh, if we have time, we might play one more song. But the next song we're going to get to is another song off the EP, Negatives. This one's called Scapegoat. Dig this. with Scapegoat from their new EP, Negatives, another badass rockin' tune. Now, Adam, Adam, just in general, uh, we haven't asked this question yet, but how does the songwriting process go for, for you guys? Because, uh, I mean, it just 
from from the first EP to this EP, just the different changes, the heaviness to it, and the just the difference in in, in lyric writing. Uh, obviously, it sounds just a little bit more uh, uh, well, for lack of better words, angry, but still, it sounds really good. So, where where does the inspiration for this stuff come from? Like, how does the songs come to the table? So, so for us, I always find that um, we, we write pretty much just write from experience. So, for us, it's uh, whatever you're going to kind of hear. It's, uh, I'm not saying it's directly happened to us or anything like that, but there's right. there's definitely some sort of influence in there that sparked it, and it's it's uh, um, you know, it's it's. I always think it's easier to write about stuff you know as well, you know. So it's it's one of those things that I mean, other people don't do that, and they'll write about all sorts of different subjects and topics, and and I think that's good from a lyrical point of view. Right. But I think it's harder to be unless you're passionate about what you're writing. I think it's very hard to um, for that to come across sometimes, you know. So it's for us, it's a very like you say, it's very angsty. It's very it is a very aggressive record. Um, but it's also very genuine. It's talking about things, like I said, that have, have happened to us. So it's a lot of, you know, you, you're kind of day-to-day trials of, I guess, from a lot of it, you know, being in a band, being, we're, we're both self-employed musicians. Um, we, we teach full-time. Uh, we do our, our instruments when we're not doing bands and stuff. Um, and for a lot of it, a lot of this EP is kind of about the fact that most of the time people just said, well, you can't do that. You know, society's right. like, no, you, you can't be a musician and earn money. You know, and we're, you're, <laughs> You know, and, and that you know generally is the case, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we've we've tried to make it our lives, and so it's something that, from a societal point of view, we're, we're, it's kind of us saying, "Hey, you know, when when stuff gets you down, yeah, it hurts. It's really upsetting. But the point is, you can still work hard and plow through and make it happen. And you know, whether that means you know opening up and playing arenas around the world and earning right. billions or whatever, or if it's just like we say, like what we do, we we teach music for a living." And we do it full time, and that's our jobs. And then we get to go off and do tours every now and then, and, and be in a band and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it's all like, you know, I guess it's one of those things. It's all from a bleak place, but the the moral of the story is you can work hard at it, and it will pay off. And for lack of a better word, it's not a bad gig. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so do you, enjoy, do you enjoy the teaching? Like, what age groups do you teach? <laughs> wow, that's that's a good question. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, if any young, listening, he loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I think um, the youngest person I teach is currently, I think, five. And, yeah, but the oldest I teach is 75. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, so it's a real mix. Um, I mean, obviously, it's mostly, I would say, between the ages of about 10 and maybe 25. Like, it's, a, it's mainly yeah. kind of younger students but there are plenty of kind of adult students that i teach as well um and like i say a few retired sort of people who just maybe a, a lot of them for them it was like oh i never really picked up an instrument when i was younger and i've always wanted to do it and now i've got the time so it's, it's been quite nice because then they're actually the ones that you see some of the most progress which you wouldn't really think because they've got the time to spend on it and have that discipline and go i actually want to get really good at this um yeah really yeah, yeah yeah that's it i mean like, I mean, I guess when you're when you're teaching a lot of younger students, particularly school age, um, a lot of them have lives that don't involve playing an instrument or you know doing homework for X Y Z subject, or whatever. It's it's a case of okay, well I'm going to do this now, and I'll put in like ten minutes or half an hour or whatever. So they they're young enough to progress quickly and sort of coast a little bit. Um, yeah. But I know, like if I compare it to when like I started playing when I was twelve, and um, 
and I would spend hours because that was all I had no other hobbies. I was just I was that geek that played guitar, and it's like, yep. Yeah, but, but I loved it. And so for me, like a lot of the progression I made early on was quite noticeable because I'd just be spending, you know, hours and hours and hours on it, like trying to work out how does Eddie Van Halen do that finger tapping? What the hell are pinched harmonics? Okay, let's work them out. You know, all these little things that I really wanted to learn. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, it's just, like I say, some of my pupils are definitely like that. Um, yeah. And then some of the younger ones have got other things going on in their lives and that's fair enough. And they just, they just do that, uh, but they still enjoy it. So I'm not going to be like, Oh, that's awful. You know, you, you just, if you like it, you like it. Right. You, some people practice more than others. Um, and then the, you know, like I said, the older students, um, because they seem to have more time for it, you see it a little bit more so with them as well, but it's, yeah. it's cool. It's, you know, every, every time I do it, it's a very rewarding job. Um, Probably the, the worst thing I have to do is there'll be like occasionally a song that I really don't want to play or teach. And you know, okay, we're doing that. We're doing that. Okay, fine. That's but I think if that's the worst thing I have to do in my job, that's probably not that bad, really. Absolutely. That's not too bad at all, is it? I mean, you know, some people yeah. have to, you know remove people's kidneys when they've got a problem. That must oh, be yeah. a nightmare compared to you know, playing a song you don't really like. <laughs> <laughs> And and I just think, well, I mean, you know, like I say, prior to that, I, I had like a, a job for the council, and there'd be you know things that you'd have to do that would just be like, oh god, why are we doing this sort of thing? And <laughs> and, and I just think, yeah, you compare it, it's like this is, yeah, you've made it, Adam. Just like just even if this if this is the pinnacle, this is definitely better than what you were doing. So you just you just have to enjoy it, and you know, and like I say, most of the time I do. It's absolutely fine. So. This is a man who's literally living the dream. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. So, we're going to wrap it up here. So, Adam, thank you so, so much for finally joining us on NMS. It's been a great pleasure having you on. Love no, talking about both EPs. So, man, you're welcome back anytime you'd like. Yeah, awesome, man. We'd love that, definitely. That'd be cool. So, we shall uh, speak to you soon, no doubt. And you know, thanks once again for everything. Absolutely. Good luck on the rest of your tour. I was just going to say, do you want to give one last plug of where people can get the album or see you live over the next couple of weeks in about, I don't know, 20 seconds? Uh, uh, our EP Negatives is out now on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all of the streaming platforms. You can get it from there. Um, and online digitally from like Bandcamp and iTunes and stuff like that as well. Um, we're, we've actually, we're on the last day of our tour tomorrow, which is playing Brighton, um, a place called the Prince Albert. And, uh, yeah, I know. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then we're playing Camden Rocks Festival in June. That's the, the next sort of big one for us. And that's uh, that should be pretty cool. We've got some people like uh, Wheatus and Ash and nice. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's a bit like a sort of throwback thing. But there's also some sort of modern bands like uh, De Havana, I think, are playing, and Frank Turner. Um, and who's the other one that's doing? Oh, yeah, uh, Glamour of the Kill. We've played with them a few times, but they're really good. So it's, it should be awesome. It should be like a weekender of lots and lots of good bands. So, yeah. There you go. Go check out the EP. Go check them out live. I, oh, man, I wonder if I can get to it. I might come down and see you tomorrow night if I can get away with it at home. Because uh -huh. um, I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really close to that. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much. Uh, it's a shame we don't have longer. Yeah. I sidetracked a lot there, but we learned a lot and we loved it. So yeah. we'll look forward to speaking to you soon, mate. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Thank Let you me so know much. About tomorrow as well. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Thanks yeah, so much, Adam. That, yeah. And uh, that's, uh, thank you, Adam uh, from Cold 40 for joining us tonight. We'll be uh, back thank in about a minute or two to play some more music, but a big thank you. It was a great interview and check out the WP negatives it out right now and highly recommend it. So big thank you. Great thing, Adam. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, man. Thank you. All right. That's great. Good night. Thank you so thank much. You.
Cheers, man. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. All right, so we're going to call Mike back here right now. And here we go. So we'll get Mike back in one second here. Hey, Mike. Yo. All right, so, man, that was awesome. So, uh, again, a big thank you to Adam from Colt 40 for the interview, to talking to us about the new EP and what's going on. We'll definitely have him back on again soon. Hopefully, Matt will be able to join him next time. And, man, uh, like we got an awesome part two as well because we're getting Alyssa from Kodachrome talks about the new album, Thing of the Children. And, man, uh, we're going to get back in music here. So our next song up is a band that we all know and love and just interviewed him a few weeks ago and got the privilege of playing his full new album called Lazio, which has finally finished. I got Snapchat to say, say, album is done. So Lazio is officially finished. Here is Ill-Advised with End of the Beginning. Dig this.
Right on. Ill advised. End of the beginning. And uh, ironically, it's the last track on Lizia. And man, what a crazy industrial sound that had to it. Very heavily on its nice nails. And man, even heard a little bit of Manson in there. And it just it just works so well, just from from the mixing and the tapering off. And man, like it just I just I, I like I know we're partial to to ill advised, but man, that is such a good album. Though. I mean, it's a fantastic album, and it's out now, so you definitely should pick it up for sure. That's the thing, though. There's a good reason we're partial to ill advised because yeah. it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> The guy's an absolute legend. I love that tune. I love the creepy atmospheric stuff that goes on in the background and in the middle. I love the fact that it kind of becomes this really heavy, over-industrial, deliberately provocative sound. I think it's fantastic. He's just a he's a brilliant talent. The more you listen to his stuff as well, the more little... He said, ages ago, he said, the more you listen to it, the more little Easter eggs you'll find. Right. You're absolutely right. Every time you listen, you go, oh, yeah. It's just little bits of stuff. There's callbacks to stuff on the other albums. Um, and that one is just all the little linear notes and, um, uh, I guess, kind of harmonics and stuff that you just pick up on the way you listen to it. It's brilliant. I absolutely love it. Great tune. Great guy. Hell yeah. Right on. So uh, our next song, here's where this gets, well, not tricky. So Without Andrew sent us a brand new tune, which is awesome. Yeah. So in the email and the or the or the, the message in the Dropbox, in the Dropbox the title was Dur D R and Grow Eight Man. So G G R O eight the letter that's right the letter the number eight and men M A N N. But on the when I uploaded to the program, it came up as Slendy. So not quite sure what the title is because unfortunately I haven't had a chance and and I haven't messaged Matthew to find out the exact title. So. I'm not sure which one to go with, but this is definitely a brand new one by Without Andrew. And you know what? Since it's uploaded on the uh, on the on the app as Slendy, why don't we just go with that? And then Matthew will correct us if we're wrong. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Sound right to me. Works for me. You're the boss, mate. All right. All right. Go, we'll go with one only go. Right. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let's listen to the song and see yeah. if the, <laughs> the chorus. Oh, sure. It's Lindy. So here, here, here we go with Without Andrew and Slendy, or uh, possibly Dare Go 8 Man. So dig this. <laughs>
right now without Andrew and Slendy. And what a fish, man. That was like uh, like late 80s, late 80s and like a new metal finish that could uh, pull up and, and, and down drop on the, on the guitar. That was awesome. Like great, great tune. Okay. Love it. Mm. Fantastic tune. I, I just got lost in... I mean, first of all, it's a brilliant, brilliant tune. I love uh, the kind of tonality. I love that really um, very Green Day vibe. I love the breakdown. I thought that was fantastic. Those guys really didn't have to do a breakdown, um, which is cool. I also got lost there in the world of Google, uh. trying to understand what Slendy meant. And uh, apparently it's just a kind of uh, abbreviation of Slenderman, which is uh, some creepy guy. Well, look, here's the definition, right? The most beast, no faces, creepy pasta there is, tall as fuck and with no arms and tentacles that can tear you into shreds. He is quite a treat. He makes electronic devices go crazy when he's close to him, and the only thing that sucks is his weaknesses, eight pieces of paper. I don't understand any of that. That's from the Urban Dictionary, well, but Slendy sounds quite scary. Well, man, it, it, it almost sounds like, like a succubus, right? And yeah. just, just just that that just that being brought up, because um, it's one of like even though M's not a huge fan of South Park, she likes a few episodes here and there, and we were talking about it a few times because there was one the first like three seasons, Chef gets married, and he gets married to a succubus, and no one knows what it is except the kids. The kids figure it out, and then in the church when they're getting married, no, it comes out, and the father I love, feels like it's a goddamn succubus, <laughs> and and he was the one the entire time. Saying, you know what? Uh, talking about the, the Loch Ness monster, and it, I need about three fifty. What was about that time? There's a little girl scout was about eight stories tall in a crustacean from the Pennsylvania. Said, I gave him no goddamn three fifty. <laughs> you know, and, and I gave him two fifty. Well, of course, it'll come back now. Won't you keep on giving two fifty? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gave him. I gave him a dollar. Thought he'd go away. <laughs> well, well, how about two fifty? Oh, two fifty. Now, is it on Loch Ness munchies or something? <laughs> <laughs> and then the fourth time you know <laughs> but like, that was probably the best like episode ever with chef's parents are amazing it was so funny like and you know they first go up when they figure it out they go up to tell him so they go to see chef he's getting ready for his wedding and this, they meet his parents for the first time and <laughs> chef's father he, sees, he says he goes well aren't you crackers as cues the dickens <laughs> And then I was just dying laughing. Like, that's amazing. Like, that was probably the best thing ever. It was probably one of the best episodes. It's so funny. And last night, because I hadn't seen it in so long, for some reason it popped in my head, but I want to watch the Russell Crowe episode. And that's the one where the first time I saw it, I didn't, I, I mean, I laughed. It was funny, but I didn't realize the magnitude of it. Because the next day, literally the next day in the paper, uh, that was just after Russell Crowe had thrown the telephone at the hotel employee, right? And it's got this. It's got this laundry list of like, like, oh my god! And man, that made the show so much funnier because he's literally going around the world beating people up. <laughs> so, it's just so so ridiculous and, and insane, but so funny at the same time too, right? And, and before when the commercial breaks, he's like, stick around because there's lots more people to beat up. <laughs> so. But I, yeah, it just it, it it all ties in. But I, yeah, I was just thinking that yesterday it was funny enough because I was watching. I hadn't seen it for the I hadn't seen it in a long time. But it's one of those episodes I've seen I don't know how many times. And Em was sleeping, and then I got I got a got an MP3 of her snoring. It was so funny. And <laughs> I, I just wanted to use it for one of the don't stop mics. You no, know, is it Boston Willa or is it M? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, but yeah, we that aside, we had a great night last night. So, uh, man, let's get back into music here because after this, we have another interview with Kodachrome and Alyssa, possibly Ryan. I know Alyssa said she's in the studio, so she'll be around. So, I think Ryan will be available, and hopefully, he will be because last time when I interviewed them, uh, unfortunately, Ryan was under the weather for uh, when he was doing for aftermath. So, hopefully, he'll be around this time. But we're gonna get on the music for part one, and next up we have. Uh, Freedom Fuel. This is called Two to Tango. This is a title track. We're not the title track, but the single author new EP, Dance. Take this. Forever 
right on free and fuel with two to tango off their new album dance which is available on all medias uh stream medias and man is it one hell of an fam holy fuck like these guys just do such a good job um freedom of the people their first album mike and i loved and we still play some of the it's such a great album and mixing that in with the new album with dance Man, they just nailed it again. It's probably one of my favorite Finnish bands of all time. These guys just nail it, and they're so good. Love them. Just there's such catchy riffs. Even even, even the bass, you know, doon, 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 doon. It just just a, these guys are awesome. They do such a good job. I love the composition. I love the arrangement of the tunes, and uh, the the bridges are always just so key in their songs. But the vocals just nail it and fall with it. I 100% agree with everything you just said. And if you and I were in the same country, Bainsey, I'd tango with you to that song huh? any day. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Like, I mean, that that bass, that do 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 do, like you say, is just so good, and it fits so well with the way those drums are slapping out in the background. It's fantastic. It's catchy as hell. It's beautifully arranged, brilliantly sung, brilliantly played. It's banging tune and the whole album is like that that's what's so fantastic the whole album is like that it's absolutely 100 no doubt about it we played i think we've pretty much played the the entire album in entirety like over the over the weeks and we'll exactly. probably struggle through it again because it's such a great album and mm. uh just before we get to our next song here um we have been very fortunate and just a big shout out to all the people who have liked your page and all the new likes we really appreciate it and we're trying our best to, to do, <coughs> excuse me, to reach out as much as possible, all the emails we get, because unfortunately we can't get to the album all the time. And like we've said before, we play we like, so it's not a knock against you personally. Doesn't mean you don't have talent, doesn't mean we don't respect you as a musician, just means we're just not fans of the of the uh, particular genre of music. So please don't take that as a slight. I mean, you're doing well, keep on doing what you're doing. But uh, you know, that's, and unfortunately that's the way the business is. and. But it's the honest truth, and we want to be honest with everybody, but we appreciate everything. And uh, we have some more great tunes to get to next. And uh, the next one up is a yet another brand new one by a Mr. Ron DeBose. And here we go with a song called Sweet Miranda. Dig this. At the corner cocktail bar The 
pedazo para caña. Right on, Ron D. Bose with Sweet Miranda, and that was a pretty kind of funny kind of tale off there. Give me some of that ganja. <laughs> well, 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 come to Canada because it's legal here. <laughs> oh, so jealous. Sweet, sweet Miranda. There you go. But uh, another another kick-ass tune by Ron D. Bose, and man, he's been so good to us uh, for for a little while now. And we really appreciate all submissions, and uh, they're always great tunes. So we're always happy, more than happy to play them. So thank you very much, Ron. Uh, another great tune. That was Sweet Miranda. I mean, that's a cool tune. I like that a lot. I like the uh, the sort of reggae vibe. I've got two facts about Miranda. Do you want to know them? Go for it. So fact number one, uh, Miranda, the sort of Latin uh, meaning of the word Miranda, the name Miranda means admirable. Admirable, um, so worthy of admiration, uh, if you like. Wonderful, uh, so that's quite nice. And then I also just randomly found that uh, Miranda uh, is also some sort of um, sort of like police slang uh, that uh, relates to the duty of the police to inform a person taken into custody, oh, custody by right to legal counsel. Yeah, and they're right, they're, they're, called, they're called the Miranda rights. No. Yeah, the yeah, the, right, yeah, the rights remain silent. You, you can't rule it that the, everything you say can be or will be used against you in the court of law. Blah blah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you seem to know a lot about that. I don't know how many times you've been to court, but <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's from watching police shows on TV. <laughs> but there you go, so I've never heard that before. I don't know if that's uh, a US or Canadian thing or whatever. But yeah, there you go. That was interesting. Completely irrelevant to the song, but uh, the song itself was fantastic. So, what more is there else to say, really? Oh, not too much. So next up is a band called Eyeball. These guys are tripped out psychedelic and a whole mix of different stuff. The one's called Crawling Creatures. Dig this.
Right on, and and we're back, and but Mike is not. Oh wait, there he is. So, so <laughs> we just heard eyeball and called a song called "Crawling Creatures," and man, that was tripped out and just like all over the place. I mean, it even says in their bio, this sentence says it's psychedelic and um, electro pop, rock pop, and just like 
really cool stuff and they asked for reviewers so i did pass them along to a good friend of ours uh pebbles at pebbles reviews on facebook so i told them to check her out and i uh, sent her a message saying that they'll be contacting you soon but a great tune i hope she does uh i'm sure she will but that was eyeball with uh crawling creatures that was psychedelic tripped out uh, just awesome i absolutely love that track I, I think i loved every moment of that track actually right. um, that really was class uh, right on my street oh, weird and wonderful but yeah just great melody great tune great everything brilliant absolutely brilliant and there's, there's a link in their bio to their website and i'm definitely going to check that out because it's sounds like there's some cool stuff on there as well yeah cool man love it a lot Right on. So next up, we got another great new band, a band called Harness Flux. The song's called Paper Route. Dig this.
on that was harness flux with paper route now that was a little tripped out a little uh um melatonin like really kind of indie pop rock but really good really catchy and really kind of just well it had that mellow slash catchiness to it if you know what i mean yeah, totally. I, I loved it. It had a real kind of 60s vibe in the background, uh, but it was also kind of had that um, slightly heavier, um, oh God, I can't think what's the band I'm thinking of. Um, that's, yeah, I don't know, slightly heavier kind of, um, almost like melancholic drum thing going on in the background. It was cool anyway. I don't know how else to describe it, but uh, yeah, very, very decent, very, very good tune, really, really decent uh, kind of sound on that. Nice and trippy, a little bit psychedelic quite indie had a real kind of manchester sound but it's cool man i love that one a lot right on man well we have a couple more songs and then we're going to take uh kind of a quickish break and then we'll be back on with Kodak chrome and miss Alyssa from Kodak chrome and hopefully ryan as well talk about their new album think of the children which we played uh many times it's a fantastic album and so just like you know we'll get to that soon enough but so our next band up is a new submission, a band called Saboteurs, and the song is called Splintered. Dig this.
Right on. That was Saboteurs with Splintered off their new album, which they did send us, which is awesome, by the way. And, man, that was a great old-school alternative grunge rock song, man. And I also sound a lot like Soundgarden from Bad Mordfinger. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> that, that was an awesome song. Like, really dug it, man. The whole uh, album is great. So, guys, well done. Yeah, fantastic. I really like that. I love the way that it just drives and drives and drives. It has quite a big, kind of fat sound, catchy chorus, uh, cool vocal. Yeah, that's another one. It's just it's it's right on the walking that line, right on the edge of being like a little bit tripped out, but it's also like a you know it is it is a pure kind of rock tune as well. Really cool. Love that a lot. All right, man. So we have one more song to get to uh, for part one tonight, and then we're gonna take about twenty, maybe thirty minute break. Then we'll be back with Kodachrome to talk about the new album, Think of the Children. So let's finish off part one with a band, Female Fronted, and this was courtesy of Emma Scott and Plug and Baby. This is a band called Deranged, and the song's called Divide. Dig this.
Right on, Deranged and Divide. That was heavy as fuck, man. And what a great tune. I love her hashtag, H-A-F, heavy as fuck. But man, a great tune. <clears throat> the vocals were awesome. Very strong, very powerful, very catchy. And man, what a great way to finish up part one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was super, super heavy. That was just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like a, there's a point in there where they're almost like, I wonder if we can pile on any more heavy. Oh, yeah, what if we do this? Okay, brilliant. Ah, it's pretty, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. What a great tune that is. Um, yeah, really powerful vocal, really cool tune. Love that. Brilliant way to end part one. I am very much looking forward to chatting to Cody and Crow and playing some tunes in part two, mate. It's going to be good fun. Yeah, so we will be back in about 15, uh, 20 minutes. Uh, let's say if you're listening, we've got at least 25 minutes. I will message her as well to let her know what's up. But uh, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back soon enough for part two in about 15, 20 minutes. Until then, bones out. Thanks so much for listening to part one. A big thank you again to Adam from Cope 48 for doing the interview, and we'll be right back. Bones out. <laughs>